Hi, if you're listening to this, we apologize for the late uploads. Somebody sucks. We don't have an excuse this time. It's it's just James. Not it's, it's uploading. Me. I'm, it's me. I'm bad. Um, but this is City Wave Cinema, and that's James. Hello. And I'm America, and we watched Dune. James for the second time, me for the first time. Um, so yeah. I'm just gonna let you. I'm just gonna let you talk for the most part because I've seen the movie and I, I like it. I liked the movie. <clears throat> I liked the movie. All right. I don't know what we're gonna talk about for the next two hours because you, you were supposed to dislike the movie. Oh, I, I also dislike the movie. Oh, all right, I can great. feel two things at once. Uh, you should probably talk to a doctor about that um my first note is i hate her so much and that is for if you don't know i don't like zendaya and not for the same reasons i don't like matthew mcconaughey i have legitimate reasons to not like zendaya so isn't it just because she's a pill on set she's an absolute bitch and not the good kind of bitch i don't like zendaya Full stop. I don't like her as an actor. I don't think she's a good actress. She has, like, one character type, and that's, guess what? Being a bitch! She wasn't that bad in this movie. She was just sort of there. I I have notes about that, don't worry. Oh, okay, great. Carry on. Um, all I can tell... If you didn't... If you don't follow us on social media, then you didn't see my promo, and I have to tell you... That the entire movie, all I heard in my head was the scene from Star Wars where Anakin talks about hating sand just play on a fucking loop in my brain the whole time. It's everywhere. It's coarse and it's rough and I just was like, I, I it was to the point that it was annoying me because my brain just kept doing it. Every time there was like a wide shot of sand, I just went, I hate sand. <laughs> and it was the entire time. That was my that was my second note because it happened then. But just know that for the entire movie, that's all my brain focused on. This vile hatred of the desert. <coughs> James died briefly. Um, I had a lot of issues with sound in this movie, at least for the first portion. <coughs> James is really dying. Yeah, for at least the first portion of this movie, I had a lot of issues with the sound. Mainly because the sound effects were much louder than the dialogue, as was the music, which is... It got better as the movie went on, but I don't know what was happening during those first couple scenes with the mix, because it was just... it was it's, I, it's really hard to watch a movie when you have to turn up the volume for dialogue, and then you get your speakers blast it out because there's fucking loud sound effects and music so eh um I wrote a note but I don't know what it was about so eh. so this uh the movie opens with narration from Zendaya um who plays this chick whose name is not relevant because she's only in dreams in the movie, and he only actually, Paula only actually talks to her one time. Um, and she's explaining about the history of this planet and how her people, the 
fem, 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 feminine, 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 yeah, feminine, uh, are being harassed and slaughtered by these other people whose name I will not remember. Um, and it's all for spice, which is this sparkly drug, hallucinogenic drug in the sand. And the feminine use it for hallucinogenic purposes. And the rest of the world, or I guess universe, galaxy, uses it for space travel, which I didn't really understand. Um, that didn't really make a lot of sense to me, but yeah, sh sure, I guess. Space travel doesn't work without sand. Or spice. Sorry. Um... So that we kind of get that overview, but then we also find out that the the bad guys left the world because the Emperor told them to. And that's kind of where the plot of this movie picks up. Um, and then there's Paul, who's the son of the next people that are going to move to this planet to harvest the spice. The Duke. The Duke of House Atreides. Atreides. <laughs> and it's based in Greek mythology. Cool. Atreus, the bull. Atreus. Oh. That makes a lot more sense. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why are there so many fucking buffalo references? And buffalo! Bulls? And bulls and shit. Like, I just didn't understand for, like, the longest time. Um, but... So, uh... This is going to be one of those reviews where America does the same thing I did in all the Harry Potter movies, where it's like, during our watch of this movie, I looked up as much lore as I could from the book, because this book came out in 1966, and they made a movie and a miniseries about it, and then Dennis Villanueva made a new movie, the one we watched. And if the new movie is the only thing you know about the universe and the stuff, then almost everything in it makes no sense at all. It doesn't, and nothing will be explained to you at any point during the film. Unless Zendaya is talking, in which case everything will be explained because that's her role. Um, I got really frustrated because it wasn't really clear why the people left the planet. Other than, like, it was, uh... like I get the Emperor told them to. Right. And so that, like, but in the time, it was just like, yeah, they just fucking peaced out. Um, I really hate the cliche of, like, two people being, like, destiny connected and, like, they're dreaming about each other, either or one's dreaming about the other. I hate that cliche. It's one of my least favorite cliches. It's, mm. it's become really overused, I feel like, in recent cinema. I mean, we did it with Star Wars... We did it with Dune. It's just it's just been a lot lately of people being all like, I'm having this dream about this person. I must go find them. In fairness, they did it in Titans, too. In fairness, the source material for Dune is like 60 years old. So it's not exactly like a recently written cliche. It was like groundbreaking plot in the 60s. I then wrote, because they kept mentioning, like, families and warring families. Yep. And so I was like, is this going to be some Romeo and Juliet shit? Um, 
And then we get to the scene. Paul wakes up. He uh he goes to have breakfast with his mom. And she makes him uh do the roar. Do it, do it. <laughs> do the roar. Yeah. Um, she's like, do the voice. And uh all I wrote was what the fuck? <laughs> that whole scene is just what the fuck? Because guess yep. what? No one's gonna explain shit to you. No one explains what the voice is. No one explains what it does. I mean, you, it's kind of obvious that you can command people, but apparently not everyone can do it, and only the weird black cult people can do it, and that's black as in clothing, not skin color. And, yeah. That's it. That's all the knowledge I have about this, this magical power that this child teenager possesses, and his mother. It's the Bene Gesserit. The Bene Gesserit. Um, and then Paul is learning about spice and all the properties that it has, um, and how the feminine have been so exposed to it. That's what's changed their eye color. Um, but like I said, it's a hallucinogenic drug and all I wrote was, I want to do some spice. Sounds like a good time. <laughs> it, it doesn't seem like. In terms of doing the spice as, like, an actual drug, it doesn't seem like it's a high that lasts more than just a couple of moments. And also, like... <clears throat> what What's, like, what's the... Because you're... He's in the spice a lot. And he only has hallucinations, like, every once in a while when he's on the spice. So, like, what's the... How does it work? Is it just randomized? Sometimes you get visions, sometimes you don't. Who knows? I don't know. They tried to yada yada it with the doctor by having him, the doctor go, seems you're sensitive to the spice. And then that was all we heard about it. Do other people just have random hallucinations and visions of the future when they're on the spice? Probably. Why does the spice turn your eyes blue? I don't know, but he's Paul's space Jesus, so it's fine. Do the, do the Are the Femin just like constantly on a fucking trip? They're not the Femin, they're the Fremen. Fremen. Are the Fremen on a constant fucking trip? Like, I, I have no rules. There's no explanation for anything! As much as James was saying there's no explanation for Spirited Away, there is, like, less than that in this film. You just watch a bunch of shit happen and try to keep up. But nothing is explained about how anything works at any point ever. It very much is... It feels very much like a movie where you you need to have read the books to really comprehend every aspect of everything. Because if you go and just look at the base level of stuff, like from like Wikipedia or something, a treasure trove of information unveils a lot more about choices that get made in the plot and the characters. But if you've never read the book, books, then, you know, it's kind of just a a mess of information. And I mean, it's a two and a half hour movie. It's a long movie. And it's... It's a long movie with no explanation about anything. That's true. But to me, I don't know if you feel this way, but when I watch Dune, I, I don't feel like two and a half hours just like drifts and wastes away because something's always happening on screen. Whether or not it's a thing that makes sense, but it fe it feels like a well-paced movie. I feel about Dune like I feel about Mad Max. It's really cool. 
it's really pretty to look at. Like, there's cool shit happening all the time. You could give me a pop quiz on the fucking plot right now, and I would fail it. And I just watch it. Like, I literally stopped watching it, like, naughty... Uh, well, now it's been an hour. But... <laughs> to be fair, you did also watch an episode of South Park in between the end of that movie and... That was also the, a yeah, fucking this. trip. So. Yeah, that was wild. <laughs> um... And that didn't even feel like a full episode of South Park. So we maybe should, time is just not real. We should do a City Wave Cinema on an episode of South Park. Um, and then, so we find out that there's like this military, that the basically like the important people are going to come see the family. Yep. Um, the Bull family. The <laughs> Thank you. And uh, pass on the spice trade to them. Um, and they had to travel a long way, and it was mucho expenso, like, really fucking expensive. And my note was, I thought travel was expensive now. Fuck. I will never <laughs> be fucking traveling in space. Like, don't catch me. People are gonna be like, I just went on holiday on this other planet, and I'm gonna be like, that's cool. I'm never going unless I win some kind of contest, because that's fucking ridiculous. Um, I have a question. And you can't answer it. Oh, okay. But anytime there's, like, families and, like, bloodlines, whether it be Game of Thrones, and this is totally a, a Matt Patton-bedded thought in my head that now exists all the time whenever this is brought up of, like, families and bloodlines, especially when it comes to uh, royal bloodlines. And all I had to say about the Bull family or any of the families in this thing uh, is how much inbreeding is going on here. Because cause there's a lot of these, uh, fuck, how, what is it? Atreides. A, a Atreides. There's a lot of these Atreides. And mm. I just, I want to know. I want to know. Get MatPat. Have him break it down for me. I need to know. <laughs> um, I had another what the fuck moment because there's this black robed lady who's not explained. And she makes weird eye contact with the mom. And that's weird. And then the mom looks at the son, and the son looks away from the black robe lady. And the whole thing was just kind of like, what the fuck? Um, they pass on the spice trade. They read this whole, uh, like, I can't think of the word, article from the emperor. Um, and all I wrote was, I don't fucking trust anyone. And I was right. I will say this. I said this at this short into the movie, and I was like, I don't fucking trust a single person. And I was right. Just just to just to point it out. Not a lot from what I remember. Paul's mom is the parent. Oh. Alright. Vaginas on lease is my explanation to no inbreeding. Got it. Um. Oh. And then Paul, uh, we meet Duncan. Duncan Idaho. Duncan Idaho. He's pretty cool. 10 out of 10. Like him. Good character. Uh, and he, uh, Paul asks Duncan to take him to the planet with him because he, Duncan's going to go out early and kind of like make niceties and do all the things because the, the plan of Paul's family is not to control the Fremen. But to 
make a treaty with them, basically, so that they can have the spice and the Fremen don't have to, like, be bothered. Um, so a truce. They're just gonna, they're just gonna call a truce. Um, but Paul has had a vision of Duncan dying when he goes to the planet by, like, in a room full of people by himself. And Paul says, I just feel like if I was there, I could stop it. I have a note about this later. So please put, put a pin in that. Hold on to it. Um, but my note for this right now is, how the fuck do you know if you go that it will stop it? I hate when people who have visions are like, I'm, I, if I was there, I could stop it. Because, like, guess what? Nine times out of ten, people with the visions can't stop the visions from happening. I watched a lot of episodes of That's So Raven, and that's pretty much the whole point of the fucking show. Um, <laughs> Paul, uh, Duncan says he's not going to take Paul to the planet, which is, like, fair and justified. Like, Paul has... N- he Paul would not serve Duncan on the planet. No, heavens no. Um, so, no. But then Paul just immediately goes to his dad and asks his dad, and all I wrote was, Mom says no, ask Dad. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, Mom, Jason Momoa. <laughs> it's a joke. Laugh. Funny. Um. Ha-ha, please? <laughs> funny ha-ha, please? I... Funny. All right, that God is a. God damn it. That's a really. You can't talk about it. No, that's a really inside joke, and uh, if you know, you know. Um, the Paul and his dad have a nice chat out in the moors of their home, um, amongst the graves of their dead relatives, and Paul's dad tells him that they're gonna face the uh, like the most dangerous thing on this planet. And Paul's like, what, the Fremen, this, that, the other? No, and his dad's like, no, political danger. And I was like, ooh, the most scary. Not threat of your life, threat of position. Um, Paul and his dad is basically like, you know, like you're the next head of the house, like the head of the family. Like, you need to start learning the ropes. You need to learn what I do, blah, blah, blah. And... Paul was like, well, what if I'm not the next head of the family? And the dad's like, when I was your age, I didn't want to be either. And I, I said, that's not what he said. He didn't say he didn't want to be. He just said, what if I'm not? Which, to be fair, spoiler alert, the whole family dies, so he's really not. <laughs> he was right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Look at that. The kid that sees the future was right. Um, And his dad says, you know, like, great leaders aren't great leaders because they want to lead. It's because they have leadership thrust upon them or something of that nature. And it's the same fucking phrase that we say to every fucking chosen one in every fucking movie. Um, And I'm really tired of hearing the same phrase repeated over and over and over again. It's much like, with great power comes great responsibility. Great, uh... Those who are great have greatness thrust upon them. All that... We gotta come up with new things to say. We have all the words in the world. We can figure it out. Um, I don't remember why. 
But I, I wrote that Paul is an asshole. And I stand by that statement. Paul Paul is an asshole, but Paul's only an asshole because he hasn't experienced an ounce of hardship. No, he's a privileged little fuck. And, but I will say... He's like the epitome of white privilege. Yes, but I will say, as soon as he starts experiencing proper hardship, he really does sort of like snap to and he's like, all right, this is the way it is now. And he just sort of like abandons all the pretenses of being like an in-charge type. He, 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 he does what a normal human could never ever do, and that is to switch brains from someone with wealth, power, and influence to someone who is literally scrapping it out forever in, like, a moment. As soon as things go wrong, he, like, switches brains. And it's kind of interesting, because a lot of the times when you have those characters who are that spoiled type, they simply can't make the transition, and it makes their gruesome end usually uh that much more satisfying so then we go to the scene where uh duncan's gone so they had to hire like another fighting teacher i guess not hire but find like get another person on the staff to practice fighting with paul because like when you're when you're a when you're next in line for any type of royal anything uh if i've seen enough tv and movies it's to know that you suddenly have to become good at all the things gotta become good at fighting gotta become good at politics gotta become good at languages gotta become good at literally anything you have to be at least proficient in all of it yes because you're gonna need at least like four of those skills on a daily basis in your life um, but they, he turns on, like, this weird, I call it the fighting watch right here. I know it's a shield, but I don't find that out until, like, several scenes later in this movie. Like, they're already on the planet, and I'm like, oh, oh, it's a shield. Um, I feel like that was really self-explanatory, but I would just be wrong, I guess. Well, what I thought it was, hmm. um, well, I wrote what the fuck, because it wasn't explained. Like, it was cool, but it wasn't explained. What I thought it was was, like, a way for them to, like... Simulate combat? Yeah. So, like, he could see where his, like, weak points were, like... Because, like, when he held it over his hand and it turned red, I was like, oh, okay. And then, like, he, like, hit the guy and it turned red. And I was like, oh, so it's to, like, help them without him actually getting hurt. It's to help him see, like, where he would get hurt, basically. Like a fighting simulator. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's what I thought it was, because that's what it looked like it was doing, but that's because nothing's explained to me ever. Um, and I even wrote, oh, okay, that's what it's for, because I thought it was, like, for to practice fighting. Um, and then I s the teacher, like, gave him a really cheesy line about, like, you, uh, you don't have, you don't get to pick when you fight, you have to, like, fight regardless kind of thing. Mm. Eh. And all I wrote was, what do we say to the Lord of Death? And then Not I wrote today. I was like, and then I wrote a scene I'd rather be watching right now. <laughs> um more politics and yada yadaing happen. I don't really remember or care. But I did write who is the bad guy. I'm confused. The answer is yes. Like, cause at all times, 
everyone seems like a bad guy. And it's very, it is very Games of Thrones, Game of Thrones, because it's like everyone's doing things. I guess that makes Paul's family the Starks. But everyone's doing things for their own benefit. Yes. The, the, the black nun cult is doing shit for their own benefit, which is to, like, find this savior kid person. Um, Paul's family is doing things for their own benefit, which is to get more status and money by taking over the spice trade, even though it's really fucking hard and really fucking difficult. Um... The other family, the bald, weird family... The Harkonnens. The Harkonnens are doing things for their benefit, which is to basically clear out and follow the rules of the Emperor and then come back and slaughter everybody in a minute. Um, The Emperor is fearful of Paul's family, so he wants to take them out. That's why he's sending them to the planet. Like, everybody's just doing things for their own thing. So there's not... I guess to answer my own question, there's not really a bad guy, because everyone's the fucking bad guy. Everyone is the bad guy, yeah. Um, and then I wrote, because it reminded me of Mad Max, and it reminded me of a few other things, um, but I wrote, why is there always a weird naked man now? Like, why is that a thing that oh, we're doing? Oh, because Baron? Yes. <laughs> why yeah. is there always a weird-looking naked man? It's the rules. Who has weird medical abnormalities that will not be explained to you at any point in time. Definitely not. It's still the rules. Um, but yeah, no, I just want to know that, why that's a thing that we're doing. Is it because we all watched Friends when we were younger and Ugly Naked Guy was just mentioned so much that we felt the need to like recreate him in every form of media at all times? Yes. Because we might want to go see some therapists about that, guys. I'm serious. It's weird. I'm not kink shaming. If that's like your fetish, sure, go for it. Like, but what? What the hell? Um, at least tell me what's wrong with them all the time. Uh, so the and this is where I kind of started to put some pieces together because again, nothing's explained to you outright. You just kind of got to figure it out along the way. And so I wrote. So he is sending them there to die? Question mark? Question mark? To, about the emperor? Because when. You find the weird naked man, they're taught one of the guys is like, Why do we have to leave? Our spice trade, our money, meh, 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 meh. And the Baron is all like Gift in disguise, my friend. It's not really a gift. We're gonna fucking murder their ass. And he's like, What? And then I was like, What? So uh And this is the point in the movie where I literally wrote, I understand so little. Yeah. Nothing is being explained. This is where I started to get really frustrated about it. And then I just wrote, bring narrator Zendaya back. Never thought I'd ask for Zendaya to be back in a movie, but I just want her to tell me things that are happening. Because when she was explaining shit at the beginning of the movie, I at least could follow it. And I was like, okay, yeah, good. Okay, Spice, got it. You guys use it for, like, natural purposes. They use it for, like, money and power. Got it. Cool. Totally understood. Bring her back, like, through portions of the movie to explain what the fuck's happening. Um, Let me go back to Paul, who's asleep again. And uh, his mom is staring at him creepily. Yup. I didn't like that. No. No. Um, And then we find out that Paul's mom is a bitch. Yeah. Who's been telling all of his 
private conversations that he's had with her about his uh, dreams to the weird cult because she's part of the weird cult. Yep. The, 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 I'm just telling you what I understand about the movie. Um, so she takes him to see the doctor to make sure that he's healthy. He is. The doctor tells him not to trust the weird cult. Duh. Never trust a cult, guys. Like, just as a general rule of thumb, as you go about your life, don't trust a cult. Yeah, don't. Not worth Um, If someone starts love bomb- bombing you, run. Just go the other way. Um. So then she takes him to see the cult, and I once again write, who is the bad guy? Is it the cult? Don't know. The cult, to me, feels like the most sinister. Don't know. Um, and then we see that there's this giant bull head in their house, which I get is because his grandfather like wrestled wild bulls for like fun and shit. But in their very like space agey metal house, it is so distinctly out of place, like it was jarring. And I'm sure that's what it was meant to do in some form or fashion, some artistic nonsense, blah, blah, blah. But it was just like, it was really weird. My brain didn't like it. It didn't, the pictures didn't match. One of these things is not like the, the others. others. <laughs> um, fair, fair. And then we go see the cult lady, the head of the cult lady, or the head of the cult. And all I wrote was what the actual fuck. And she uses uh, yeah, the voice... This, this bitch. She uses the voice on Paul. He has a vision that she's going to use the voice, and then she uses the voice. And all I wrote was, who can use the voice? I don't understand. No one tells you. It's not explained. You kind of just put pieces together that you have to be part of the cult bloodline? Question mark. I don't know. To use the voice, or you can be trained to use the voice. I did also write what's in the box. You're just a little ahead of me. Um, and then she does. She puts his hand in the box. This little weird box. She says, if you take it out, I'm going to kill you with this poison needle. And I don't understand a single thing that happens in this scene other than his mom seems like she's in pain. Paul seems constipated, like, the whole scene. And he asks what's in the box, and then they have a weird staring contest. And... Well, it's more like a grunting contest that he, only Paul is participating in. It's a staring, grunting, weird, sweating, cross-eyed thing that happens for a very long time. While his mom mutters some nonsense and acts like she's going to poop herself outside of the door. Like I said, I'm just explaining things as I understand them and that's what I saw. None of it gets explained. You don't know what happened. And then it's over and she goes, cool, so tell me about your dreams, dude. Dune, Dune is... The Dune is like a labyrinth, but if it was made of confusion and 
we the viewers are trying to find our way through this labyrinth only instead of being viewers all of us are seals but it's art but it's art I have a few notes throughout the scene now that I've kind of given you the overview of my understanding of the scene. And that is, um, what's in the box? At one point, the head cult lady says that your mom's outside the door and she's not going to let anyone come to get you. And we flashed to mom outside the door. He's like, and I was like, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure mom looks weak as fuck right now and I could take her. Like, she just kind of looks like a little hunched-over, scared baby, muttering to herself. Um, then my next note was, what the actual fuck? What is happening? Nothing is explained. And I said, if I don't get some motherfucking answers, I swear. And that was the end of that scene. I can't wait until you have to watch the second one. <laughs> Will they explain anything to me in the second one? Probably Doubt. not. Doubt. Strong doubt. Um. And so then the cult people, like... The Ben Afflecks. The people leave. Um. And the cult people walk away and the mom's talking to the lady and she's like, you were supposed to have daughters and you tried to make the chosen one by having a son and he's not it. Meh, meh, meh. And I was like, of course there's a chosen one. Of course there is, because cause, cause why wouldn't there be? This is why millennials have complexes. It's because we were told always that there would be a chosen one, and we always thought it would be us, and guess what? None of us are the fucking chosen ones. Life sucks. Get over it. Um, and then... Yeah. Paul finds out about this whole prophecy nonsense, blah, blah, blah. Because he was eavesdropping and no one paid attention to that. These women who are like hyper intelligent and have like six senses and shit just were like, Meh. um, and then at this point, I don't remember why, but I figured out that the watch thingies were shields. Um, it, they're, they, it's probably because they go onto the planet and they're like, shields up. Meh. Um, they, then they finally go to the fucking... Yeah, uh, the the Spice Planet. Yeah. Um, why is his mom all chained up like that? With the You mean with the face jewelry? Yeah. Ceremonial headdress. It's weird. Um, yep. all I, I wrote this planet sucks, because, like, the whole time... It does. The whole time we're there, everyone's like, it's beautiful, the desert, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, this planet fucking sucks. Like, if I could live on a planet... I would have lived on his other planet where there's, like, an ocean and, like, rocks and grass and wind and it's all, like, the moors of England. I would totally live there. Not in the desert. Um, and that's when I also wrote that all I can hear is Anakin in my head. Because, like I said, I heard it the first time and then it was just on a loop. And so I wrote it again because it just kept going every time someone fucking mentions sand. Um... And then we find out that the cult has told everyone on the planet, at least, like, started feeding thoughts into these people's heads that Paul and his mom are, like, 
the prophecy coming true and Paul's the chosen one and like everybody just fucking bought that shit. Like zero questions fucking asked. We're like, all right, sure. Yep. Sounds good. Sounds great. How gullible are these people? Very. Because like, you know, there are some that we meet that are like, I don't fucking believe it. But for the most part, as a whole, everyone's just kind of like, yeah, sounds good. Sounds about right. Solid. Um. Paul takes a stroll. And we find out there's some palm trees. And the palm trees take five men's worth of water to keep alive. And it's just this one guy's job to do it. And all I wrote is that is a waste of fucking water in a desert climate. Like, there are so many other things that we could be using that water for. Mainly drinking. But no, we're gonna we're gonna use that water that five men could be drinking to water some fucking trees that aren't even native to the fucking land. Because money? Um, Paul goes again about learning about the Fremen and he's watching his little documentary video when uh, we end up seeing him get, try to get assassinated by, like, this little bug thing. Um, that's essentially like a trank dart. And he ends up, like, seeing it. And crushing it. Um... I will say that the writing in this movie was actually fairly decent and pretty good. Um, because there were several times when I would just find myself going, Heh, that was funny. Solid line. Um, so there are some good lines in this movie, and I do appreciate that. Like, I'm not going to just rant on the whole movie the whole time. Like I said, I found it very beautiful to look at. I thought it was very... James right. It's very captivating. Like, you do stay engaged the whole time, even if you have no idea what the fuck's going on. But maybe that's why you're so engaged, because you're trying to figure it out. Um, but yeah, there's lots of good lines in the movie where it's just like, hmm. so, um, we did have a roll credits movie because someone said my Dune and I was like, ah, there it is. Um, so then the, so the leader, Duncan comes back and he's like, I spent time with the Fremen and it was great. They're amazing. I love them. They're fantastic. The leader's coming here to talk with you, just so you know. And uh, the leader of the Fremen comes, and he spits, and the guards are like, what the fuck, you're gonna kill him. And then Duncan's like, no, no, no. And he spits too, and then the Duke spits, and what the fuck? Why? Um, I hate the guards in most of the scenes because they're just really trigger happy. They're like, they're like cops. They're just like the minute anything like moves they're, they're quickly very jumpy, very jumpy. in their direction. 
They're like, um. This chair is so loud. And the the Fremen's there to like make peace and talk with the Duke, and he's just trying to talk to him like person to person. And the guard, one of the guards, is like, "You will refer to the Duke as Sir or My Lord." And I was like, "Jesus, shut the fuck up! You're not helping this truce or this treaty happen. You're just making things." Worth, like, for everyone. Um, and so they end up coming to, like, I guess some sort of agreement that they might have to pass through the desert sometimes, but they're not going to hurt the Fremen, and the Fremen can just stay in their little caves, and they're, nobody's going to fuck with anybody. They're going to gather the spice, and that's it. I was like, cool. Sounds good. Solid plan. Um, and then I wrote, this is just Pocahontas, Avatar, and Star Wars kind of all just smashed together really hard, because that's just the movie. We go to this planet, we take the natural resources from the indigenous people, the indigenous people get murdered, and... It's in space. So. Calls it as a sees it. Um, and that's kind of where I want to leave this part as far as my notes. But I do want to say this because James mentioned uh, earlier that this is based off of a book series. And here's what I have to say about that. I am a big proponent of reading the books before you see the movie. I did not read Dune before I saw the movie, mainly because I was never planning on actually watching Dune. So there you go. Um, I was forced to by the lovely people who voted for it. Uh, but I will say this. It's okay if you have some things that like are more understandable if you've read the books in your movie. However, your movie should be able to stand alone without the books like you should be able to understand the plot and understand what's going on without having like extensive knowledge from the books there's some series that i think do this better than others and there's some series that could use a lot of work but this might be the very first one where i was like if I if I didn't read the books, I have no concept of anything that's happening at all. And that's frustrating as a viewer. Because people be like, oh, well, the book said this. Blah, blah, blah. And I've been that person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I know. But for most of mine, I'm arguing about, like, things that are missing or why it's, the books are better and blah, blah, blah. For this one, it's pretty much like, I need to hold the book while I watch the fucking movie just to have some source of reference for what's happening at all. And your movie should be able to stand by itself without the book. And I love books. I love reading. You can see my whole bookshelf back there. There's a lot. It's, I love it. And I think it's great. But I also think that if you're going to make a movie, your movie shouldn't need to come with, like, a full coursework, like, college course worth of reading 
just to view it and appreciate it. So that's my rant. I feel like I kind of like sped through the first half of this movie. I do apologize for that. Um, but there was just a lot that happens and I only have 104 notes. So I really like, like I said, I really liked it. I, I'll talk more about that at the end of next episode, but overall I'm, it's an enjoyable movie. It's just confusing as fuck. So if you want to watch something that's really cool looking, watch this or Mad Max and they're about the same. Until next time.